have all the research or all the answers to every single question in the world, but I can definitely tell you what's worked for me and what has worked for other people. podcast. I'm Sierra and I'm going to help you find ways to run your life instead of letting life run you. Today's episode is number 35, Frequently Asked, Frequently Answered. I've got five questions here that I'm asked multiple times on occasion and sometimes in a day. So I want to be able to refer everybody back to one podcast. So here are my most frequently asked questions that I'd love to answer for you guys. And I'm going to do my best to help you out. So today's sponsor is Anchor. And if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. It's super simple, how I love it. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Apple, Spotify, and whatever other podcast channel you like to listen to podcasts on. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And you guys, it's pretty much everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you're thinking about starting a podcast soon... Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I promise you won't regret it. All right, all right, all right, you guys. So today, instead of a solid topic, like I said in the introduction, I am answering my most frequently asked questions from clients, from friends, and from people that just reach out to me. And before I want to get into that, I want to wish everybody a lovely, beautiful, happy Wednesday. Because we are halfway through the week. Some of us have been gone back to working. Some of us never stopped. And some of us are still at home. And I just want to let you know, no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, there's always time to pursue what you want. So don't lose sight of what you want. Don't lose sight of what we talked about on Monday and never lose sight of your dreams. And again, remember, a goal is a dream with a plan. So just set up that plan and reach your goals. But other than that, I want to get into the questions. And the first question is, how do I start running? Now, I get this all the time. I either get that comment or that question when I say I'm a runner, or I get the comment, oh, God, no, I I don't like running, or I would never be a runner. It goes either way. So for those of you who want to start running, I had a podcast all about this, and it explains it is a very laid-out technique. It's not as easy as everybody thinks, and I'm not just saying that because, oh, I'm a runner and I want to feel prestigious. It's really not that easy, and if it were that easy, everybody would be a runner. For a lot of people, they say they can't run. So obviously there is a little bit of a technique to it and a little bit of a goal-setting, planning edge that you really need to set up. And honestly, to become a runner, or if you want to start running, I would just suggest 
Start walking every single day for one week. Start walking every single day. For the first three days, walk at whatever pace you'd like. For the last three days, take a day off. So six days on, one day off. That Those next three days, walk at a faster pace. Something that gets your heart rate up. I want you to go by feeling. Don't look at your fancy watches. Don't wear those fancy heart rate monitors. I want you to understand the feeling. So walk fast like you're quickly walking away from somebody you don't like to get your heart rate up. Now, if you're really still interested after that, we can go and dive in to a whole plan with you. And you can reach out for me if after this first week, because I want to make sure you're serious about it. After that first week, you still love it and you're still motivated, reach out to me. But again, for that one week, I want you to walk for three days. Go for an hour, an hour walk. 30 minutes is like down the street and back in all honesty. Be serious, go out for an hour walk. You can do 30 minutes in the morning and 30 minutes at night. And then speed that walk up. And if you're still feeling motivated, reach out to me. But that's how I want you to start running. The second question is what should I eat before a run? And honestly, I would love to go into the nutrition and the nutrition science behind how you eat, how it affects your body, your blood sugar, and how it releases into your bloodstream to make your muscles work harder and to make your run better. But I'm not a nutritionist, and I really, truly don't think it's that easy to find that perfect meal for you. Because it's taken me years to figure out what I should eat before a run, before a race, and before a marathon. And to be quite frank with you, it keeps changing because food gets boring after a while. So I'll tell you what I do. For so a while, for a while, when I'm not in marathon training, I truly don't eat before I run. And that's horrible. That sounds terrible. A lot of people would scream at me. But in a way, it's fasted cardio. But here's the thing. I eat late. So it really depends on what time I eat that night. If I eat around 8 or 9, just due to my schedule and how dinner fell, I will most likely not eat waking up at 5, 5.30 to go for a run. And that's because I already have nutrients in my body. I'm not starving. Now, if I'm starving when I wake up, I have a granola bar. And by granola bars, I actually eat those Wolo bars, W-O-L-O. I didn't just not say the R correctly. It's W-O-L-O, Wolo Bars. And if you have not tried them, they are fantastic. That's not an ad. Go try one. I eat half of one before I run and half when I come back. Now, on the other hand, it also depends how far I'm running. When I do long runs before um, for marathon training, I like to have a little cup of oatmeal. Not a huge cup. I'm not eating a huge cup of oatmeal. I'm talking maybe like a fourth of a cup of oatmeal. I make a half a cup of oatmeal and probably eat half of that. And that gives me some pretty good energy to keep me going. But again, when I do long runs, it's all about the nutrition the day before. So I want you guys to put this into perspective. Unless you're running in the evening, when you're running, I want you to start planning for that run the day before. Because depending on what you eat that night, 
especially if you're eating junk, you're not going to feel good to run in the mornings. So eat better at night. This should be an incentive because once you eat better at night, that next morning when you wake up, the run is going to feel amazing. And I felt it. When I've done long runs, I didn't eat carbs or something more heavy in carbs that night before. I peter out quickly. I'm not fully there and I'm not ready to run. But let's say if I ate pasta and then went and run, to run a 22-mile long run the next day, I feel fantastic. So in this case, if you're running in the morning, it's all about what you eat the day before and that night before. If you're running in the afternoon or the evening, it's a little bit more complicated. But I'm going to tell you, if you had a good breakfast and you've had a good lunch, not heavy, don't make he- food heavy. Again, You're prepping for this run long before you go on it. Don't eat a heavy meal before you run. One, because you probably will throw up while you're running. And two, it's just not good for you. Running and walking helps your stomach digest food, but it's not good for you to shake it all up. And you're just not going to feel good, and it's not going to be a great incentive to keep running. So make it enjoyable. Look ahead. Have a good, healthy breakfast if you're running at 11 a.m. I would say have a breakfast between 7 and 8, maybe 9, and you'll feel good to run by 11. Same thing if you're running in the evening. Have that lunch, you know, 12 to 2 o'clock and maybe 4.35. You'll have a great run. Again, prepping before a run. Don't eat right before a run unless it's the morning and you just need a quick granola bar or a pick-me-up. I usually never eat fruit. That doesn't help me with any running. All right, third question. Should I stop snacking or should I just eat five little snacks all day long? I get this question a lot. So the essential idea behind it is there's a lot of articles going around saying, oh, well, instead of eating three big meals, you should just eat five to eight little ones around the clock all day long to lose weight. Or there's other articles that said, Snacking is terrible for you because you increase the calories, so you should just be eating three big meals. And to be quite frank with you, I don't think either one's right for everybody. And here's why. So my rule of thumb is eat light and often. I eat every like two to four hours, and that's mainly because I'm so active and I like to eat. But I don't usually have big meals. So in the morning, I'll have maybe some egg sausage with a tortilla or maybe some oatmeal in the morning. Nothing extremely filling. Now, if I eat something big for breakfast around, I usually eat around 7 or 8. I will probably not eat anything until about 2 o'clock because I feel full all day long. And it's not an enjoyable full, full feeling. But if I, are, if I were to do my reg, regular oatmeal in the morning or maybe some eggs, I have that around 7 or 8 o'clock. And then around 10, 11, I feel a little hungry. I'll probably have like a boiled egg. 12 to 1, I'll probably eat a salad. 3 to 4 o'clock, I'll probably have an acai bowl that I have frozen from Sam's Club. And then 5 or 6, I usually eat dinner. Sometimes I don't eat dinner till like 7, 8, or 9. So 5 or 6 is another snack just because why not? Just a tiny snack. And then for dinner, I, I'm i bad on dinner. I try not to eat a lot for dinner because I know this is my weakness. But I've learned if I don't snack before dinner, so a small snack, even like a boiled egg or something, 
I will pick out at dinner. So I will snack an hour before I have dinner. And I know that because I eat less at dinner. Now, the, the catch-22 here, when people are asking me about the snacking, the problem is people will snack, but they're having meal snacks. Snacks are not meals. They should not be on a huge plate. A snack is something that you can grab with one hand, fits in the palm of your hand, you can eat it in like two or three bites, and you can run off and feel good. Don't eat an entire bag of Cheez-Its. If you're eating Cheez-Its, grab a handful. Don't eat an entire sandwich. That's a meal, not a snack. So the idea here is you've just got to be mindful. And if you're snacking, reduce the size of your meals. Do not keep the same size meals. You want smaller meals. So if you're a three-meal person and those are big meals and they hold you for four hours to the next, and if that's working for you, fantastic. If that's not working for you because you're still hungry in between, reduce the size of your meal. And here's my theory. You're going to be hungry no matter what. If you eat that entire meal or if you cut that meal in half and save half of it for later. So only eat half because you're going to be hungry anyways. And now you can add a small snack in two hours later. And that's going to be like a pick-me-up snack. No sugar, no candy. I want good food. Some carrots and boiled eggs and yogurt. Those are fantastic foods for you. Maybe some fruit or bananas, whatever it is. Do not fret. You don't want, you, you, you need to cut that meal in half because again, you're going to be hungry if you do or if you don't. So reduce it, grab a snack, and then go on to your next meal. Same thing goes for lunch and dinner. Reduce the size of your meals. So again, rule of thumb, keep it light and often. And I say every two to four hours, depending on your schedule. All right, number four. How can I get my eating on track? Well, this is all human behavior. And I'm pretty much going to sum this question up with one, maybe two rules. One rule is focus on one thing a week. So when we, when we try to get our eating on track, we tend to feel that we have to take on this entire mountain all in one day when really we just have to make a few steps up the mountain every single day so let's say your eating habits are pathetically horrible and trust me i've i've been there too you eat mcdonald's for breakfast burger king for lunch and have a huge ribbon steaks for dinner and your snacks are ice cream cookie dough and brownies okay that's going to be a lot to take on because we've already set that routine and that habit for our body to crave those foods. And if you haven't heard me say it before, you'll hear me say it now. But you guys, corn syrup, high fructose corn syrup is more addictive than cocaine. So you should just put down all that high fructose corn syrup foods and you might as well go get some cocaine. Not serious. Don't do that. But I'm... but. In reality, look at it that way. It is more addictive than cocaine. When I heard this, this, this terrified me. Because you know what high fructose corn syrup is in that I eat all the time? Ketchup. 
So ever since then, I've looked at every single food label. All my salad dressings, ketchups, dressings, um, snacks, anything. If it has high fructose corn syrup, I'm out. Because you know what high fructose corn syrup does? It makes you keep craving it. You want more. You want the sugar. You crave it. You look for it. So you've got to cut yourself off. So that's going to be my first thing. If you're taking on this eating plan, I'm not, I usually say drop the fried foods first. But as time's gone on, I've realized it's not the fried foods that's really doing it, you in right now. It's not good, but it's not the fried foods. It's the high fructose corn syrup. And here's how I want you to get your eating on track. One week one week or two weeks, I want you to go without eating anything with high fructose corn syrup in it. Go on Google and Google what is high fructose corn syrup in. You will be shocked at how many foods it is in. So Google that and then avoid the foods for one week. And I want you to tell me how you feel. For some of you, don't be discouraged if you're not feeling that great after one week. It might take two, depending on how how much you've consumed in the past. Because again, just like drugs and cocaine, our body is going to go through a withdrawal. And we're going to crave it. We're going to be angry and irritable. And we're just going to want high fructose corn syrup. This is why it's important to tell everybody around you what you're doing so they can support you through this. And you don't lose friends. It's going to be irritable, you're going to get upset, but you're going to feel fantastic in the end. And when you start tasting that kind of food again, you're going to realize it doesn't taste as good as you thought. So my first step here, how do you get your eating on track? Take one thing out every one to three weeks. If you're quick at making habits one week, if you kind of it takes you a little longer to really instill the habits and you want to make sure they're instilled, Go for three weeks before you take something else away. My second suggestion in taking something away would be fried foods. And that's because they are not good for you. And again, you will start feeling fantastic. But first, tackle the high fructose corn syrup problem first. Because that's going to make everything else you try to tackle easier in the long run. All right. Finally, my last question And this one has nothing to do with health or fitness, but it actually has a lot to do with business and education. I get this one all the time. I actually get a lot of people asking me about the program itself, and that is, should I get my MBA? Yes, that is my full answer. Absolutely, yes, go get an MBA. I know there's a lot of people out there that have written books, that have talk shows, and it all talks about Oh, well, you don't need an MBA. Of course you don't need an MBA. You don't even need a degree, technically. You don't don't need anything, really, other than food, water, shelter, and air. But you know what? An MBA, if you go to the right school, and I went to Florida Institute of Technology and loved their program. If you go to the right school, an MBA teaches you life skills like yes you can get these life skills elsewhere but the masters what masters programs are supposed to do is to get you to think in a separate way and what I loved about the MBA at 
Florida Institute of Technology is they emphasize, and I had two amazing teachers that did this, professors, to think like a CEO. Now I know a lot of you, oh, well, I, I don't need to do this. What I really need to do is just find a job, work, invest, and save. And yes, you guys, that is beyond true. I work at an investment company as well, and that is absolutely beyond true if you want to retire. But I am telling you, if you want to learn and find, and not just learn concepts, but learn how to learn in a deeper at a deeper level and think things through like a CEO, like a business owner, like you're running a business. I would definitely say an MBA is an awesome, awesome path. Yes, you can do this without the MBA. There are many successful people who have started businesses without college degrees. Yes, that happens, that has happened, and somehow we always zone in on that. And there are several hundred successful people that zone in and say, hey, you don't need an MBA, you just need determination. Yes, that is also true. But you guys, I also truly believe, as long as you don't make it your life, I'm not a fan of somebody who's a full-time, quote-unquote, college student. Just because you need experience, you need to be working, and you can do two things at once. It's going to take a different level of concentration, determination, and persistence. You're, if you're working a full-time job, it's going to be from working a full-time job to maybe going to class or working a full-time job to maybe doing homework for the rest of the night. And maybe you can't go to the bar with your friends. Maybe you can't go out every Friday night because you have to study instead. It takes a different level of determination. But I will 100% promise you, you will thank yourself when it's finished. Because one, you've proved something to yourself. That you are able to set out and do whatever you want to do. Two, now you've got a degree, which I know a lot of us say, oh, well, degrees behind us. You know what? In society, degrees behind your name do say a lot. It says you had a level of determination to go through school. And school, it's not an easy thing or else everybody would do it. Yes, it's expensive. That's why it keeps a lot of people back. But in all honesty, what I truly believe, and after going through an MBA, it's not the expense. It's the determination of what you want. If you want it, you can make it work no matter how expensive it is. If you don't want it, it doesn't matter how cheap it is. You still won't go because you don't have the motivation. So... In all reality, I truly do believe an MBA is an awesome thing to get. I'm not a huge fan of a lot of degrees. I still think school can be a waste of time. I had my undergrad in psychology, and honestly, I maybe learned two years of it out of four. It just wasn't something. It's like an extension of high school for a bachelor's. So be careful choosing what you want to go in. I think an MBA is something that is so versatile because if you can run a business and learn how to run your business, you can run your life. So be the best manager of your life. Get yourself an MBA and learn how to run a business.
So moving on to the final segment. It's Wednesday. That means we're halfway through the week. And some of us, that means the world this week because in some areas we are going back to work. So I've got a wacky Wednesday question for you. And since yesterday was Cinco de Mayo, and I'm from New Mexico, so it used to be a huge celebration. It's still a huge celebration everywhere I've gone. Even last night we went out margaritas and tacos because Cinco de Mayo was on Taco Tuesday during a pandemic called Corona. What are the odds, right? Well, it was a magical Cinco de Mayo. And in this case, I've got one question for you. And that's just one question. So when you answer this question, head over to my Facebook and my Instagram post page to answer that question. And that question is, soft shell tacos or hard shell tacos, and why? So head on over to my social media, at The Runpreneur, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and let me know what you prefer. All right, you guys, so that's all I've got for you today. Thank you so much for joining in and listening to The Runpreneur Podcast. I deeply appreciate it. And if you did enjoy it, Please share it with your friends, power of five, share it with five friends. Hopefully at least a few of them find it very helpful in their lives and tell them to share it with their friends. Power of five, share it with your friends and please give it a like and subscribe as well. If you'd like to, please also leave a review or comment wherever you listen to this. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. So leave a review. And in a few weeks, I'm going to start picking reviews and giving you guys a free 15-minute health coach overview or personal training session to get you up and get you going and get you on track. So again, thank you guys so much. Head over to my Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter page, at The Runpreneur as well. Give it a like. You can message me if you want certain content. Or if you'd like to just see more content and motivation posted. So thank you guys so much. As always, run your lives. I will see you again here tomorrow. Bye, guys.